Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller, and we're here today to talk about issues relating to divorce with Andrew Samlin, who's a divorce financial planner and investment counsel. And in a few minutes, we're going to have a conversation with Andy about what he can do to help and what he knows about the divorce process. In the meantime, I want to tell you a little bit about something that's really exciting for me, and that is that I have published as of this week, The New Yorker's Guide to Collaborative Divorce. It's available on Amazon for the Kindle and will soon be available in hard copy. But if you send me an email at Catherine at WestchesterFamilyLaw.com, I'd be happy to send you a free copy. So that's super exciting for me. So again, I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the host of this show, Dialogue on Divorce. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group in New Rochelle in Manhattan. I'm on a mission to change how people divorce in New York. And I'm pleased to welcome Andy Samlin. Andy is a financial professional with over 24 years of experience in assisting attorneys and their clients with their personal financial issues on a fee-only basis. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means and how that differs, I hope, in a little bit. He has focused his practice on divorce financial planning through his SEC registered investment advisory firm based in Chappaqua, New York, and is the president of the Association of Divorce Financial Planners. He's a graduate of NYU for undergraduate and graduate degrees. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And he's a certified financial planner, a certified divorce financial analyst, and is an enrolled agent, and that's a federally licensed tax practitioner with the IRS. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Catherine. So one thing that it doesn't say in your bio, and that is that you're also, and I'm not sure exactly what the right word for this is, but you're the host, the founder, the sponsor, the... The chapter leader, I think Chapter leader for Second Saturday. That's and right. Second Saturday is a nationwide, right, organization right. organized to help people learn more about divorce options and, and, and to educate them. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what Second Saturday is and how it works. Sure. First, thanks for having me, Catherine. Oh, I appreciate the invite. It's a pleasure to have you. Great. So Second Saturday is a national not-for-profit organization that offers non-biased financial, emotional, and legal advice from qualified local professionals, and it provides people with the knowledge and the resources and the trust that they need to negotiate through the divorce process. So what do you mean by unbiased? So the concept of bias is pretty well established. So for example, for a divorce financial professional, there are multiple of ways that one can get compensated. And to me, the purest form of compensation is in the same way that the attorney gets paid or that the accountant gets paid or that the mental health professional gets paid, which is generally on an hourly basis. And that's the way we get compensated. So when we say the word not biased or unbiased, that there are no products sold, there are no other motives that might be motivating the professional is strictly a fee-for-service platform. And it's not based on how much money they might have under advisement. So if they have $5 or $50 or $50 million, it doesn't matter because the fee is the same. That's right. So the concept of this asset under management construct is something that is outside the scope of divorce financial planning. Divorce financial planning is strictly for the act of planning through the divorce process, through the financial 
lens. All right. So back to the second Saturday thing. Sure. I'm gathering that second Saturday meets monthly on the second Saturday of the month because I'm a super quick study. So that's kind of like who's buried in Grant's tomb. Yeah, exactly. Or what color is George Washington's white horse? <laughs> right. So it meets on the second Saturday of every month. And, and it sounds like that local divorce professionals would be in attendance and there to give information, not advice, obviously, because they're not being retained, but information about various options that someone who is thinking about divorce or in the divorce process or has some reason or has a loved one maybe who is in the situation facing divorce. So Second Saturday is a great little platform. Let me give a little quick history. The workshop has helped about 10,000 people since it was formed in 1989 and has raised roughly $400,000 nationally in the form of scholarships and educational programs. The sessions themselves are two hours long and there are three professionals that head each session. The first one is an attorney or a mediator. Another one is a mental health professional. And the third is a financial professional. And what the participants do in that two hours is they ask questions. And as you said, you're right, they haven't been retained. And the answers and the questions are somewhat generic in nature, but everyone has them. And it's important that this 30,000 foot view gets established for those that don't know what's going on. And you're right, it can either be the person who's contemplating divorce. It could be someone that's in the process and might have lost their way. Or it could be someone that has a loved one that you know the family wants to assist their loved one go through the process a little bit easier and to guide them when, these, when their loved one has questions. And they don't feel like going to their personal team. They want to go to a family member. So there are a couple of things there that you said that I think are really interesting. And one is something that I think is really important for people to understand about divorce is that it's not just a legal process. Right. Divorce is it's obviously a legal process and because you're changing legal status. Right. And mm -hmm. you're changing your obligations to each other and your children and all of that. It's also a financial unwinding or restructuring. Maybe that's a better word. It's a financial restructuring of the business of the family. Right. right? And then it's also an emotional detangling and, and rewinding, right? And, you know, I often think of this as a bunch of different colored yarns in a knitting basket that a kitten got into. <laughs> and like the kitten, you know, got in and mixed them all up and they're all tangled up together. And so when we're looking at rewinding the yellow and we're rewinding the blue and the, and the purple and the pink and all that, that being the legal, the emotional, financial, the parenting, the extended family, you know, the community, whatever it is, then that in the second Saturday approach, which is similar to the, or at least in your second Saturday chapter approach, mm -hmm. similar to the collaborative divorce approach, we're really looking at it. You're looking at it from an interdisciplinary approach. And so you have professionals at these second Saturday meetings that are there able to talk about legal, financial, and emotional changes or questions that people might have around the issue of divorce. That's right. So there's, there's a couple aspects to that. And the first one is divorce is not just a legal process. And it is not just a financial process. And it is not just a mental health construct. It is all of those. And so what the Second Saturday program hopes to accomplish is to give a view into each one of those doors. And in the same way that Henry Ford, you know, years ago when he invented the assembly line, he figured, well, each person has a particular role in constructing this car. And which person is best designed to do each of their roles. And hopefully what Second Saturday does is it brings together those professionals who specialize in their own individual roles 
putting them together for the client's benefit so that they feel comfortable and a little bit more empowered and a little bit less fearful of what they are either have gone through or about to go through or what their family is about to go through. And that's important because it's not, it's not reasonable to expect that a 10-year marriage or a 20-year marriage or a five-year marriage is going to unwind at the snap of one's fingers. It's going to take a time and patience and a little blood, sweat, and tears along the way. Yeah, and some serious attention. That's right. Yeah. So this is Catherine Miller. You're listening to Dialogue on Divorce. We're here every other Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30 on WVOX AM 1460 and WVOX.com. We're also available as a podcast now. Uh, you can download us from iTunes, and you're also available on my website, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com. And I'm here talking to Andy Samlin about Second Saturday and about divorce financial services. And we were just having a conversation about Second Saturday and what it brings to people in terms of an interdisciplinary informational approach to the divorce process. And why don't you tell our listeners where they can find a Second Saturday meeting? Is that what it's sure. called? Mm-hmm. So if you go to secondsaturdaywestchester.com, you'll be able to see the schedule. You'll be able to see some great resources that might be available. You'll be able to see who's going to be speaking, who has spoken. So from that standpoint, you'll know exactly what you can expect. Just a, a quick word. The the cost is extraordinarily reasonable. It's $49 for the two-hour session. And 100% of the net proceeds go directly to an organization called wife.org, which is used to help women gain financial literacy and to equalize some of the some of the educational needs that are needed, clearly, to go through this process. Again, just so everyone knows, Second Saturday Westchester is- The proceeds are not go to a nonprofit organization. That's correct. Yeah. And also, one thing that would be interesting to note is that we are gender agnostic. Women are welcome and men are welcome. It's my understanding that originally started as an organization for women, but it That's has correct. become gender inclusive. That's right. As time has gone by. That's right. All right. So if you have any questions for us or for Andy about Second Saturday or anything else, you can reach us at 914-636-0110. This is Catherine Miller. We're talking with Andy Samalin on Dialogue on Divorce, 1460 AM WVOX. And Andy, I, I want to spend some time talking about your role as president of the Association of Divorce Financial Planner. Maybe you could tell us first what a divorce financial planner is and what the ADFP does for people. Sure. So a divorce financial planner is a just that, a financial planner who focuses on divorce. And and is that to help people understand the different financial concerns that divorcing people might have? So think of the divorce as an unbundling or in a deconstruction of a economic unit. And within that economic unit, there are a number of assumptions. There are assets that the couple might have, and there are income constructs that the couple might have, and there are expenses. So what the divorce financial planner hopes to do is to get through the process, aggregate all the data, figure out a way that allows on a pre-divorce and a post-divorce basis, an economically feasible outcome that allows both parties, if we're working as a financial neutral, to succeed on a post-divorce basis. So actually, even if you're not working on a neutral basis, if it doesn't work for both people, it isn't going to work for anybody. That's, that's my understanding. That's my 
experience and almost 30 years of working with divorcing families is that if it doesn't work for both people, it won't work for anybody. It's a great point. And I think that, you know, the way that I think of it in terms of the finances with divorce is you're really looking at two constructs. The first is assets and liabilities. And to some extent, these are false constructs because money is fungible. They flow back and forth between these two things that I'm about to say. But one is assets and liabilities. What do you have in the bank? What do you owe? What is it all worth? And what's that going to look like? And how are we going to divide that up? Right. That's a great point. And I think of that as kind of like the background. It's important background. Like in the Museum of Natural History, and you have those dioramas with the stuffed animals and all that. You've got the painting in the background. It's relevant super to the context of the cash flow. And the cash flow is what does it cost to live our lives the way we've been living? So that's how we can measure our lifestyle, right? That's how we know how much money we spend on clothes and food and vacations and all of that. And then how are we covering those bills? Then moving forward, looking into the future, living separately, whether or not the people are currently living separately or together, what is it likely to cost them living apart now that they're moving to separate households? then what are their expenses going to be? And how are we going to fund them? First of all, can we fund them, right? And if we can, what's that going to look like? Is there going to be cash flow between them? And then going out into the future, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, how's that going to change over time? So one gallon of milk costs half as much as two gallons of milk. And within that, multiply that need to now buy two gallons of milk on a post-divorce basis with every line item in your personal budget. But it's not as simple as just times two. That's Because correct. two people don't drink twice as much milk when they live separately. That's right. right. But And if you consider that everyone's budget, not only does everyone have a budget, they also have a balance sheet. And the question is, is also, what is the interactivity between those two? So for example, if you own a home and this home, it's not only your asset, could be a very big savings vehicle for someone. And that they can also maybe, if they need to, let's say they have a multifamily property and that multifamily property is also a savings vehicle and they have to carry that negative carry. Well, not only do they have that balance sheet to concern themselves with, they now have an extra liability as well. How does that get managed? And I think circling back to your original question is, what does the divorce financial planner do? Well, they need to consider the cash flow aspects. They need to consider the tax ramifications, any hidden tax traps that might be out there. Taking other things like liquidity and other somewhat, you know, you can we can really go down into the into the weeds here, which let's won't. not do that today. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Thank you. So at the end of the day, that's what the divorce financial planner is supposed to do. It allows the parties to negotiate their finances in a way that helps them both on a pre and post divorce basis. Well, I think because they have better understanding, right? And so I mean, certainly the weeds are really important when we're talking about people's lives, and I don't mean to minimize that in our conversation here today. Of course. But I think that one thing that people really worry about when they look at divorce is money. And can I, will I be able to afford to live the way I am living? What's going to happen to me when? How am I going to afford to pay for that? I mean, there's so many things and it's very, very complicated in terms of the anxieties. And the, and that's why when I think about those tangled up yarns, right, mm-hmm. it really just try to sort those things out. So let's think about the assets. Let's look at the liabilities. Let's look at what we have, what it's worth, what we owe. And let's look how we're paying the bills and figure that out separately, and then we can put it all back together. I think what you're saying is that the, the certified divorce financial planner can really help people do that in a way that gives them better understanding so that they're in a better place to negotiate with each other going forward from a place of understanding, real need, and opportunity as opposed to just fear and anxiety. That's right. There's also an added angle that I think the divorce financial planner can play in the process 
particularly in the collaborative construct where the role of a divorce financial planner as a financial neutral allows for a third party to come in and to offer a somewhat different view that an advocate may look at somewhat differently. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I want to talk about it as soon as I remind people that this is Catherine Miller. I'm talking with Andy Samelin on Dialogue on Divorce. We're here every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 on WVOX 1460 AM, WVOX.com, and also available as a podcast on iTunes or downloadable on my website, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com. And I do, Andy, really want to talk about the power of neutrality around money for divorcing people. I think that's what you're talking about. Sure. Right? And Because it's my experience that when somebody comes in to talk about the issue of money and they're coming in from a neutral place, that that has tremendous calming effect on people. And I think that that's different than working with a CDFP as an advocate, right? And is that something that the ADFP allows us to work with? Sure. Great question. So the ADFP is a national organization that supports and sets the practice standards for divorce financial planners throughout the country. Uh, We also provide educational programs as well as an annual conference for our members. And what the goal of the ADFP is to increase the adoption of divorce financial planning into the divorce process, given that finances are such an integral part. So your question was what, and uh, forgive me if I'm paraphrasing, that what is the value in terms of tone at the table with regard to a financial neutral. And what the financial neutral needs to do, again, on a fee-for-service basis, so that, again, there is no bias relative to his or her answers. Okay, but let me just make a distinction. Not all CDFPs work on a fee basis. I mean, that's why you're mentioning it. Is that right? That is. So one of the guidelines that we put in place for the ADFP is that the divorce financial planner can only receive one method of compensation. And what that method is on an hourly fee-for-service basis. And what this assures the client is that they're not hiring a divorce financial planner that is looking for other business. The divorce financial plan, excuse me, the divorce financial planner has one role and it is under a retainer, which is to just do the divorce financial plan. There so there's no, not going to be no agenda about trying to get your money under advisement. There's nothing in there for me other than the work that we're doing together, me helping you, me as the ADFP member, the certified divorce financial planner. Correct. Our role, our work together is going to be around planning for your divorce and no other agenda. That's correct. And what is important to, to note is you need to, assuming that the client chooses to hire one, they need to confirm that it is A, under a retainer, two, that they have sufficient E&O insurance to make sure they're protected in the event that something goes wrong, that they have received approval from their broker-dealer if that is out there, and that they are charging a standard hourly fee that is, that is appropriate to their locale. And once those four steps have been met, then the client can be well assured that what they're getting is just divorce financial planning, which is the reason why they are hired. If there is any other compensation method, I would thank them for their time and look for another one. So that was a lot of stuff that you just threw out there that people should look for. So I have a couple of questions about that. One, is there a place that they can go to find those criteria that you just listed? Great question. You can go to divorceandfinance.org. That's divorceandfinance.org. And you'll be able to find 
divorce financial planners. You can put in your location and it'll come up with a screen for people that are local to you and that have those pieces in place and those protections in place. That's great. And then another question is, is should people who are facing divorce be looking for a certified divorce financial planner on their own or should they be looking to their lawyer to help them find someone like that? So we have found that both methods work. When people come into my office and they don't have any counsel, I refer them to a number of different types of attorneys. Does that happen? So it happens more and more frequently. Really? Previously, it was unidirectional. We would only receive referrals from attorneys and mental health professionals. And now people come directly to us and then we reverse that trend. We then give the referral to the attorney and the mental health professional. And do you think that people are coming into your office because as a certified divorce financial planner, because they're really worried about the money and they figure, hey, let's start with my worry about the money and we can figure out the rest of this stuff later? So I'm currently married and I worry about money. So I would imagine- (laughs) You don't need uh, to be getting divorced to worry about money. Worrying about money is not in the exclusive providence of the divorcing. I didn't mean to imply that it was. (laughs) But uh, I, I can say unequivocally that people do have concerns and they are well-founded because they're facing this huge amorphous unknown on so many levels. In some cases, the rug has been pulled out from underneath either him or her, and it's an uncomfortable feeling, and why should money be excluded from that sense of discomfort? Oh, sure. I think anxiety is malignant, right? And so once you're anxious about one thing, you might as well be anxious about everything else. That's That's my own personal experience, (laughs) not to share too much about that. Been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. So when people come to you, but they're feeling primarily concerned about the money because that makes sense to me that they would walk into your office as opposed to a mental health professional's office or or into a lawyer's office. So they clearly walk into all of them. And I think the majority, they do walk, and appropriately, by the way, they walk into an attorney's office. And one of the questions that we get faced all the time, and one question that we we examine in the Second Saturday program, is the concept of what type of process is appropriate in the divorce process. Right. So choice of the decision, how to make the decisions that you're going to make between married and divorced, right? I that's think that's right. what you're talking about. That's right. And I mean, that's one of my big passions, as you know. You know, 97% of divorces in New York settle before a judge hands down a decision after a trial. So as a former client of mine once said, it's not whether or not you're going to settle, it's how you're going to settle. And making that decision is how you're going to make those decisions. Are you going to do it on the courthouse steps, in a conference room, you know, on a therapist's couch? How are you going to make those decisions is really crucial. In fact, I think the most crucial decision that people make when they face divorce. So how do you then guide your clients as to which divorce process is right for them? I think that's a great question. I'm not sure we have time to answer that in full today, but really it's a matter of match, right? I really don't think there is any one process that beats the other's hands down. I think each process has people who would be most comfortable in it, and it's a matter of finding out how much autonomy, how much support that each person needs, what the resources are, what the degree of complexity is, whether or not that's emotional complexity or financial complexity or parenting complexity, and figuring out the best way that we can help them make a decision and make the transition from married living together to what I think of as a binuclear family. Wonderful. 
And I wonder, just in the few minutes that we have left, Andy, what is the contact information people, if they have questions for you or want to reach out to you directly? And if you could give us a second Saturday information one more time. And then also, one, you have a nugget of advice you'd give for anyone who is contemplating divorce or in the divorce process. There's one thing you think of that is super important to remember. Sure. So for contact information for Second Saturday, you can go to secondsaturdaywestchester.com. For finding a local divorce financial planner, you can go to divorceandfinance.org. My website uh, in private practice in Chappaqua is www.sicouncil.com. Our number 914-666-6600. We got a good deal on sixes. (laughs) And the one thing that I would make a very strong recommendation to people is get information. Super. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me, Catherine. It's been fun.